welcome everyone. You are listening to Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. I have a subscribe to back again. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember our podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and YouTube as well. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. So we have a couple things to talk about today. Before we get into the real stuff, what I want to get in first off, as much as everybody's talking about it on the sports morning shows and the weekly shows, Unfortunately, and it's my decision as well, I'm not going to be discussing the George Floyd topic. It is sad, it is unfortunate to what happened to him, but that goes into a bigger issue and I will not discuss that because I don't mix sports and politics together. Those are two different things and I'm not going to shove my political views, regardless of what they are, onto this show. This show is strictly NFL, Giants, and possibly going to come up with discussing the plague of Madden gameplay created by EA, even though they won't fix their problem. Second thing is more of a sad thing today. Uh, Most of you know the Talking Giants podcast hosted by Bobby Skinner and Justin Pennick. I had both of them on at separate times during April when I was first starting out. And some appearances made by Anthony Tomano on their YouTube channel when they were doing film study. And talk about other stuff. Uh, If you have not already checked them out, on their platforms, they do a podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Why am I bringing them them, you ask? If you have not heard already, unfortunately, Anthony passed away last night. He collapsed out of the blue. I tweeted out the GoFundMe page. He leaves behind a wife and four children. Uh, very sad. Very sad to hear. I tweeted out earlier, sad to find out the news that Anthony Tomano passed away. I give my condolences to his family, his friends, and the Talking Giants crew that worked with him. I personally didn't know him, which is true, but I knew of him. I watched a couple of videos on t- the Talking Giants YouTube channel with him, Bobby Skinner, and Justin Pennick. Whenever the situation is, you know, it's sad to see a member of the Giants community go. Rest in peace, Anthony Tomeno. It's definitely been a hard year for everyone with the coronavirus and everything else that's happened. But whether, again, whether it's a podcaster, a sportscaster, a coach, fan or a player you unfortunately don't want to hear about a passing of a member of the Giants community before we get into our topic one more thing the Giants uh, actually opened up the facility I think it was yesterday they had John Mara and Dave Gettleman come in along with a couple other staff members I think it was 15 to 20 people now the NFL says the head coaches and the other coaches could go in to facilities now which is great it's a step in the right direction and it's definitely a step in the right direction for the Giants because they are one of those teams out there that has a new head coach that has a new system on both sides of the football so it's going to be really interesting to see but as soon as the better they get out of this virtual program and right onto the field and right now there's only 100 people allowed in the facility at one time they're obviously following Safety restrictions by state. Governors have different rules. Each of them implement their own social distancing, masks, rules, whatever. Protection for COVID. But right now, that's a great step in the right direction for the Giants. Especially the entire NFL. And we'll see if we get fans back. But, let's get to the main topic. What we are discussing today. I also have a podcast coming out tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you guys on Twitter and Instagram. Of course... Like I update you guys every single time I come up with something new. Obviously, over the last couple days, I came up with the idea of the top five New York Giants players coming into 2020. I did polls on Twitter 
and Instagram based on that. I get more votes on Twitter than I do Instagram, but that's okay because the Instagram votes also count as well. Now, here are the results if you have not been keeping track. Kevin Zeitler got beat by Daniel Jones and is moving on to versus Evan Ingram in the next batch of voting. 40% for Kevin Zeitler, 60% for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had 15 votes. Kevin Zeitler had 10. And the other batch of the voting from two days ago, I believe it was. Defensive lineman Leonard Williams beat Riley Dixon and is moving on to versus Golden Tate in the next batch of polling. I'm going to make a graphic sometime soon so you guys can actually see what the bracket looks like. Uh, the polling results, 85.7 to 14.3. 18 votes for Leonard Williams, crushing Riley Dixon in the polls. Riley Dixon only having three total votes over Leonard Williams. Not really over Leonard Williams, but he only had three votes against Leonard Williams. Next batch of polling is already on Twitter. I posted that before I started recording just now. Inside linebacker Blake Martinez versus strong safety, Trubo Peppers. And defensive tackle... Dalvin Tomlinson versus Darius Slayton. So that's the Twitter and Instagram stuff of late. I will continue to do my live streams on YouTube every Sunday, depending on the schedule of each of my Bengals franchise games. If some of you don't know, I do a Bengals franchise game every week on my PS4. I totally rebuilt the franchise. I didn't really, I just simulated the 2019 half of the franchise and went into 2020, picked up a lot of draft picks, traded AJ Green, traded a lot of people. If you look through my Twitter feed, I have all that stuff. Instagram will be much easier to find out the moves I made there. But spoil for the week two matchup, I faced the Cleveland Browns at home and Joe Burrow is my starter. Now I have another announcement as well between June 7th and June 14th revolving Sundays, I will be simulating the Giants 2020 season based on Madden predictions. What does that mean? A lot of YouTubers do it, so I, I'm going to invest in doing it. I'm going to upload a community roster and put it to my Madden game on my PS4 and simulate every game. I'm not going to play. I'm going to let the game do it itself. You basically let the game simulate it, and then you guys are going to watch it, and then we'll record it, and we'll put it, jot it by game and whatever very exciting stuff to see here over the next couple weeks i still come up with very exciting content very exciting stuff here thank you guys for supporting so main topic today let's review some key players going into 2020 and what do they need to do to be in the giants future as a solid player now some of these players are from my top five giants 2020 candidate list there are also some players from the make or break players the podcast that i did that go check that out if you have not already and also some players i just decided to add in uh maybe about one or two maybe three free agent names you'll see in there the giants picked up this offseason first player who happens to be on my top five giants 2020 list of candidates for the polling system unfortunately he got beat as i mentioned earlier riley dixon and the punter unlike his fellow special teamer alger grossos Dixon actually had a fairly well season last year. That really went unrecognized because this team was so bad. Marcus Golden was more recognized, but he had 10 sacks, obviously. But a lot of people like to say, you know, he was a good player on a bad team. So we'll see when the Giants actually get good in the future. If Marcus Golden stays with the team, will he be that good? But that's something to see back to the Riley Dixon thing. He was a Pro Bowl reserve last year. His yards per punt was the best in his career 46.1. He's only been playing since 2016. I think he was a 7th round draft pick. His longest punt was 62 yards, which was the longest punt in his Giants career. What does he need to do? He needs to be better than last year, obviously. 
uh, prove the numbers, and hopefully your special team gunners will help you and push your punts inside the 20, the 10, to the 5. Cody Core came back, and Antonio Hamilton didn't, so we'll see how special teams can help him. Especially, you know, he could get better at holding kicks. Obviously, that was hard last year with Zach Diossi as a snapper. He was coming out of his prime. And unfortunately, it did not go well for Aldrich Rosas and the Giants special teams when it came to kicking. But punting was a good job, and we had one of the best special teams in the league. And our special teams has really been strong since Dave Gettleman came in. That's one thing that the Giants have been heating up on. Next player, Leonard Williams. He came over in a trade with the Jets in 2019, and he got some QB hits, pressures, hurries, but only half a sack. Now my question is, before we get into it, why did he not get a sack with the Jets secondary? Because they were obviously way better than the Giants secondary. Now, obviously, you had a lot of rookies, but, you know, Trumaine Johnson was not that good in a Jets secondary, but they were better. They had Jamal Adams, who could keep some stability in the secondary, along with Marcus May. Trumaine Johnson didn't really have a good season. Blazin Austin, I think his name is the rookie that they drafted in 2019. He had a good season at the end of the year, but didn't start till against the Giants I don't think now to show he's a piece of the future what does he need to do he gets more sacks on the interior it's hard we know uh you're facing up against the guards which are tougher they do have short arms but they're definitely bigger than tackles because tackles you might need to lose a little bit of weight and you need speed on the outside these guys you really don't necessarily need a lot of speed but you just need to find a weak lineman but he needs more than half a sacks in order for that to happen, the secondary has to be stable enough and cover for long enough. The Giants really need to see an improvement in this pass rush in their secondary as well. So those two really play off each other when it comes to football. You have a pass rush. If it puts enough pressure on the quarterback, it will get the sack or force the QB to throw downfield or something, hopefully into a mistake. And that's how your secondary does it. Now, how flip-flop that? Secondary covers long enough. You bring the pressure. You get the sack. Other than pressuring the quarterback and getting the sacks, you have stopping the run. Joe Judge has expressed how important it is to stop the run because it sets up the pass and vice versa, much like the secondary and the pass rush working together. Now, why is Dave Gettleman always a big defensive tackle guy? Because he believes in a running league and a running NFL, running game NFL, that you need defensive tackles, these big guys to stop the run you know these 300 pound guys that's why he drafted Dexter Lawrence stopping the run that's been a Giants problem over the years but I will discuss my issue with that probably at the end of the podcast or another podcast episode but there's a little bit of thinking that goes you can't just put a 300 pound guy in the middle and expect to stop the run always there's a lot that goes into that but that's the case for Leonard Williams next one Kevin Zeitler not much on him he just needs to keep playing solid like he has his whole career. It's unfortunate that it's a popularity contest, meaning the Pro Bowl, because it showed for Landon Collins in 2018 when he didn't have his 2016 or 2017 season, meaning that he didn't have as much as production in there, but he got voted to the Pro Bowl, but Damon Harrison didn't when he was run-stuffing for the Giants, and look what happened. It's a popularity contest. That's why I never liked the Pro Bowl. But anyway, on to Kevin Zeitler. He could get extra credit, maybe a Pro Bowl, for lifting the play of the center and the right tackle. Now, if you have 
Thomas starting out at right tackle. He's going to be playing next to Zeitler. So he will need a veteran by his side putting that positive play on him. We know Zeitler has played solid his whole career. Maybe he could implement that there. Now if you have Pulley, Gates, or Lemieux at center, most likely Pulley for the first couple weeks, but if you do have Gates or Lemieux later on, they will need help. Pulley has not played great at center in this time, especially last year, but he played okay in 2018 when the Giants had like 600 different centers. Now that also especially goes for John Halapio if he's at center in 2020. One of the reasons Will Hernandez regressed last year is because he was playing by two terrible linemen. Jalapio did bad last year. Solder probably even worse when it came to pressuring and sacking. So they weren't working as a group. So you only had maybe Remmers as an average right tackle. And then you had a solid right guard in Zeitler. And then the rest of the line is just like, hey, where's the continuity? Or maybe even the solidarity of this offensive line. It was a whole mixture. It was better than 2018. But again, you need to protect your franchise quarterback. So... For Zeitler to be a part of the future, or at least be solid in 2020, he needs to keep playing like he's been playing his whole career, and maybe for extra credit, boost his offensive line, boost his offensive linemen, peers that are next to him, whoever they may be, maybe Pulley, maybe Gates, maybe Lemieux, maybe Thomas, or even Nate Solder or Cameron Fleming at the worst times. Extra credit there, keep playing solid, Kevin Zeitler. Next one. Franchise QB question mark, Daniel Jones. He needs to stop fumbling as much as he did in 2019. Most fumbles and turnovers in the league. He threw 12 interceptions in 2019, which was not much of an issue, but game sensitivity has to factor in as well. You have to factor in these game sensitivity things because you could just say, oh, 12 interceptions, Ah, that's not bad, but you have to look at the games. Green Bay, New England got most of his interceptions, I believe, and... I think the number was six interceptions between those two teams. I think he had three against New England. I think three against Green Bay as well. Or maybe two. The number may have been six combined. Tampa and Arizona got most of his fumbles. Chandler Jones sacked him, I believe, four times and forced maybe like two or three fumbles. However, he needs to stop playing off the left tackle. And the left tackle needs to stop playing off of him. Because if you play off each other, you're going to be like, oh, is this guy going to protect me? Oh, is this guy going to fumble? I'm going to be an extra nervous. That can't happen. That has to be implemented by Mark Colombo. So we'll see what happens going into the season. Now, his reads will need to improve. And he will need to make the necessary jump for the Giants and their fan base to get their hopes up. Next one, Saquon Barkley. Take advantage of the yards in front of you. Not a lot of people recognize this issue. If you take a look, especially at certain plays when the offensive line didn't do well on running plays and they let defenders in. You would see Saquon try to scramble for more yards, and he would get pushed back even further. Appreciate the effort, Saquon, but take the yards you get. Improve pass protection as well. He got blown up against the Jets and Jamal Adams. You saw Jamal Adams, two forced fumbles, which both were, I think, counted as sacks, and one touchdown return. That probably was the difference of the game, or was the Le'Veon Belt touchdown at the end of the game. I don't know, but then again... We lost that game because of one of those two things. Both things we need to improve on. Now, yes, he was injured in 2019, partially, but he's not right now. So if the Giants' offensive line plays up to par or maybe average, he needs to make that jump and get at least more than 1,000 yards. You know, everyone's going to say, oh, you can't expect them to do that, you know, coming off an injury year. No. As much 
as people rip Dave Gettleman for making the move to get him, it's not really relevant that you're going to make excuses for a running back who is in a win-now mode. Yeah, this team is rebuilding, but you have to set expectations. He needs to go over 1,000 yards this year. Why would you drop when your health is almost 100%, if not 100%? He did it in 2019 with leg issues and whatever issues he had. He could do it in 2020, and I'm expecting over 1,000 yards. I'm sorry, just expecting that. Evan Ingram, stay healthy. He has not played a full season in blue yet, and we all know this. I think his most games was 2017, his rookie season, actually. He hasn't played that many games since his rookie season. I think that was 15 games. He will need to play most of his games, as I just said, and be a part of the offensive production that is advertised. But ever since 2016, 2017-ish, for so many years in a row, we are poised by these weapons that actually turn into decoy play and injuries. Everyone was excited when we got, oh, Brandon Marshall. Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard. That was 2017. What happened? They all got injured. And the Giants went 3-13 that year, amongst other problems. But one of their problems was wide receivers dropping passes. Why was that, you ask? Because they took players off the practice squad. Now, you can't just take undrafted free agents out of nowhere. No, that's going to be anything but a solution at the time. So, yeah, the Giants were in that position. But decoy, again... You got excited about this offense coming into 2019. You had Darius Slayton, you had Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. They didn't play a snap together. Now, obviously, with packages, you would have to see. But again, they didn't even play a game together. Golden Tate was suspended. Slayton was out the first couple of games. Sterling Shepard had a concussion. Saquon Barkley had an injury. So that's why I've taken into consideration speculating or predicting what this offense could look like. Because it all depends on injuries. Now, put aside that, Evan Ingram's run blocking needs to be improved. Now, Red Ellison, he retired. Levine Torlolo was brought in as a veteran run blocker. And Caden Smith is also looking up to him. So, Levine Torlolo maybe show a little bit of run blocking to Evan Ingram. Torlolo was the best run blocking tight end in the NFL, I believe, in 2018. Now, as I said, Caden Smith is looking up to him. He's also looking to take his spot if Evan Ingram does not get on the field. Now, just because Tilly Lolo is a run blocker doesn't mean that Evan Ingram gets a free pass. Improve the run blocking, stay healthy, that's what he needs to be a part of this future because they already accepted his fifth year option, which goes for 2021. Not 2020, but 2021. And there is a possibility he could get traded. He's not healthy this season. So, run blocking, health, production, and barely any drops, please. Dalvin Tomlinson, his play is being really overshadowed just because of the 2018 season he had. Now, you look at his rookie season, only one sack, 50 combined tackles, one quarterback hit, which was the sack, one tackle for a loss. Look at 2018, 59 combined tackles. Didn't really get his playing time taken away. No sacks. Five tackles for a loss. Again, 59 combined tackles. Now, 2019, took a big step up. One forced fumble, three and a half sacks, 49 tackles, Seven tackles for a loss and nine QB hits. Now, working with Leonard Williams in the interior, depending on packages, he needs to keep stopping the run and forcing interior pressure. That's the key. This defensive line is probably our best on the defense, probably beside our projected safety duo, but that has a lot of play to it. Again, keep stopping the run, forcing interior pressure. I like Delvin Tomlinson. I don't know why people are saying trade him. I think we should extend him 
But again, we have to see through production through this season. So we'll see where that goes in 2020. Stopping the run, forcing interior pressure, make a jump, do something that the Giants staff wants to see. Blake Martinez, the next one. This free agent signing will have to impress in order to not get Dave Gettleman fired. He will play alongside Ryan Connolly, depending on packages or whatever Patrick Graham does. He's a linebacker specialist. He also likes his DBs. Now, he has to be a veteran big brother to Connolly. Joe Judge has already said, oh, I don't want veterans teaching players. That's a coach's job. Right, but you got to have that somewhat veteran presence. But the Giants are in a rebuilding session, so Blake Martinez will be a depending signing. We'll see if he turns over this defense along with the other additions to the Giants defense. Now he only played four games in 2019 meaning Ryan Connolly and he's going to need help learning this defense. Martinez worked with Patrick Graham for a year so he knows what he's about but he doesn't know the scheme because he was not defensive coordinator there. Now other than being a tackling linebacker Martinez needs to be utilized in coverage well and if he's below par and Ogletree-like, that pushes Gettleman 13 inches towards the lava that is 3 feet away. So, Martinez needs to be a good tackling linebacker, stopping the run, and when he's utilized in coverage, he needs to be good in coverage and not something Alec Ogletree-like. Sterling Shepard. He was signed to extension in 2019, but was it worth it, we ask? Had injury troubles in 2017-2019, that's where he did not play all 16 games, I believe, Two concussions in 2019, that's not really something that Sterling Shepard likes to reflect on, but it happened, and it's something to watch over the next couple of games that he plays or the next couple of years because concussions can do bad things. Now anyway, he will need to be a big part in Jones' development, much like Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. Speed needs to be utilized by Garrett in this offense, even though he likes those big body receivers that go up and get the ball. He needs to stay healthy and contribute to this offense. Now, a question mark for him, which also goes for Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. Will him or one of his teammates get to 1,000 yards? Giants haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver since Odell Beckham, I believe, in 2018. So we'll see. We'll see what that brings. Jabril Peppers played every week up till the Chicago game. Well, really after the Chicago game because he got injured in the Chicago game. Was out for the rest of 2019 after that. Now, Julian Love did good in his place. Antoine Bethea, obviously playing the opposite side, did not. We know Patrick Graham likes his DBs. And it'll be interesting to see what he does with Jabril putting him in the box or possibly playing him out deep. He likes his DB packages. Now, Patrick Graham should let him fly. He tackles well against the run and he's a playmaker. We just need to see it through 16 games. We saw it against the Vikings. The Redskins forced a fumble on Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison. I think it was Dalvin Cook, though, against the Vikings. Unfortunately, the Giants got a safety, and they got trapped in their own end zone by Anthony Barr after that. But this is about Jabril Peppers. Now, where he flashed the most, obviously, as we said, playing in the box, or possibly could he put him out deep? Could he get better at that? We'll see. The Giants really need a deep safety this year. Will it be McKinney? Will it be Love? Or will it be Jabril Peppers? Peppers really needs to step it up this year. I mean, he did well last year, and the Giants accepted his fifth-year option for 2021. So we'll see if he's a part of this team's future. Now, O'Shane Zimenez. A lot of people have talked about him. He needs to make a jump his second year. 
Under Jimmy's Betcher's scheme, Lorenzo Carter failed to do that his second year, and many Giants fans were disappointed. Now, Carter had four and a half sacks in 2019, which was half a sack more than 2018, but he got more playing time in 2019. Now, many are predicting O'Shane Ziminis to have a 10-plus sack season in 2020. I don't think he's going to make that big of a jump, but I think he's definitely shown a lot of production in the time that he's played. I don't think he missed a tackle last year when it was stopping the run or doing something like that. Uh, four and a half sacks, same as Lorenzo Carter, and he had less playing time, less snaps. I think only started like two or three games last year. So he definitely needs to get, I would say, more than four and a half sacks, or maybe, I don't know, even the same. But just we need to see some production for him when it comes to stopping the run. Now, also, he's in a new scheme. He could have more playing time, depending on the sides. If Lorenzo Carter does not step up, Kyle Frackrell or O'Shane Zimenez will take his playing time, depending on the sides they play on. Especially if Marcus Golden comes back, it's going to make it all interesting. And the Giants have a lot of outside linebackers right now, so we'll see how Patrick Graham lets them fly. But for Zimenez, definitely needs to make a jump, even though there's a switch of schemes. James Bradbury, he's the last one on my list. Bradbury needs to bring a solid veteran presence. He will be a big factor in how this secondary plays next year if he's cornerback one, barring any injury. Now, he's going to replace in Janoris Jenkins. My thing with Janoris Jenkins is that he would have a good game or he would have a bad game and then go into a good game and then just go completely abyss after that. We saw that with the Tampa Bay-Washington game where he got utterly destroyed by Mike Evans. And then against the Washington game, he did well because he wasn't really going up against anybody. I think Kelvin Harmon was the toughest receiver. Even Terry McLaurin was out. But I have to admit, Janoris Jenkins was solid. But right now, James Bradbury is the corner one. Jenkins is gone. He's now with New Orleans Saints. But Bradbury is more important to Gettleman's job at this point because of the possible influence he could have on the corners. And if he doesn't play solid, then Gettleman's out because he paid him, I think, 13, 14, 15 million dollars a year. That's like 43 or 45 mil in his total contract. Now, he's going to be in charge of at least having some sort of influence on the corners, as I said, whether it be a DeAndre Baker if he plays pending any sort of punishment, or if he doesn't play, Darnay Holmes, Corey Ballantyne, or Sam Beal. So, that's what Bradbury has to do. He has to be solid. And for extra points, extra credit, he can be a solid veteran corner and help these young corners develop into solid NFL corners. So that will wrap it up for this episode of the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember, our podcast is available on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Thank you for the support, everyone. Remember, remember the top five Giants coming into 2020. Our polls are still going. And to compensate for no podcast on June 2nd, I will be doing another podcast tomorrow. I'll update you guys on what I'm doing. If I'm doing anything special, I don't know if I am. We'll be back tomorrow with more stuff. Live looking on the polls before we go. Darius Slayton leads Dalvin Tomlinson in the Twitter and Instagram polls. And also, Jabril Peppers leads Blake Martinez. Go vote on that. Thank you guys for supporting us, and we will see you tomorrow.